Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move. It. Call the pros at Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck, 5151 South Royal Atlanta Drive. Tucker, Georgia, 30084. USDOT 2256501. Georgia HHG 51307. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, Warren G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E, so I can get some phones, rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC, on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G, seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak, all of you search know what's up with 213. So I hooked a left, on 21 and Lewis, some brothers shooting dice, so I said let's do this, I jumped out the rock, and said what's up, some brothers pulled some gas, so I said I'm since these girls peeping me, I'm on glide and swerve. These hookers looking so hard, they straight hit the curve. Want to bigger, better things than some horny tricks. I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix. I'm getting jacked, I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they taking more and 12. They took my rings, they took my Rolex. I looked at the brother, said, damn, what's next? They got my homie hemmed up and they all around. Can't let them see him if they going straight down for pound. They want to come up real quick before they start to clown. I best pull out my strap and lay them bust. They got guns to my head, I think I'm going down I can't believe it's happening in my own town If I had wings, I would fly, let me contemplate I glance in the cut and I see my homie Nate Sixteen in the clip and one in the hole Nate Dog is about to make somebody's turn cold Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate Switching my mind back into freak mode. If you won't skirt, sit back and observe. I just left a gang of those over there on the curb. Now they got the freaks, and that's a known fact. Before I got jacked, I was on the same track. Back up, back up, cause it's on N-A-T-E-N-E, the woman to the G. Just like I thought they were in the same spot, in need of some desperate head. A Nate Dog and the G Child were in need of something else. One of them names was sexy as hell. I said, ooh, I like your size. She said, my 
cars broke down and just sing real nice with you. Let me ride. I got a car full of girls and it's going real sweet. The next stop is the East Side Motel. of the HBCU Report for Saturday, April 25th, 2020. I am Rob Calloway. Oh, uh, yeah. We are back. Just happy to be in the number. That's all. That's all. Thank you guys for <laughs> tuning in. However you may be listening, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. And when we're not here, we're there. There is sportsandnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. All right, so much to talk about. Man, so now we've completed rounds one through three in the NFL draft. Shouts out to Joe Burrow. No surprise there, going number one overall. Uh, Locally, my hometown team, the Atlanta Falcons, with the 16th pick, selected defensive back out of Clemson, A.J. Terrell. Man, good pick, good kid, hometown kid. Not sure if I would have went the hometown route. The hometown kid, really good. Um, But... Man, he got beat up in the national championship game. And I pointed that out on Twitter. And, you know, lately on social media, I've just been taking a beating, a beating. I mean, if this was a 12 round fight on Twitter, I would be battered, bloody, broken nose, broken jaw, black eyes. They hate me on social media. I don't know why. I mean, I have fact based opinions. You know, I I post video to support my opinion. Like, I don't know why people, I don't know. But anyway, I took a beating. You know, folks were just telling me, oh, Rob, that's not fair. That's not fair. Chase is the best wide receiver, and Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the league, in in college football. But what the hell y'all think he goes see in the NFL? To quote my, my friend Jake, to quote him, in order to be in the NFL, you have to be the best in the world the best in the world. So if Chase is the best wide receiver in college football and Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in college football, what do we think AJ's going to see week in and week out in the NFL if we even get some NFL? What, what, what does he think he's going to see? What do we think that he's going to see? The best wide receivers in the world. The best 1% of the wide receivers in the world. So, and then it won't be an excuse. You get toasted like that, then what's your excuse then? Uh-huh. Exactly. All right, and looking at the uh, the board, South Carolina State University uh, offensive tackle Alex Taylor still on the board. The lone HBCU representative um, still on the board. Kind of crazy, man. When you you know, and, and we're going to talk about this. Matter of fact, I got time right now. Um, coming up in today's show, Teddy Keaton, Allen University head football coach, going to join the show. Uh, of course, we're going to talk sports and how the the COVID how the COVID nineteen affect is, you know, hampering what they're doing at Allen University and all that good stuff. All right. So that comes up in the next segment. But let's go back to this, this, this whole talent thing. 
you know, another thing I got beat up on on social media was stating my opinion about the HBCU NFL combine. And I'll go ahead and give you that really quick. What I said was there's no reason that the NFL should not have scouts, you know, dedicated scouts to watch these, these HBCU games. We only have four conferences, the SWAC, the MEAC, SIACCIAA. And then if you want to throw like the independence in there, you know, Tennessee state there in Ohio Valley, I don't know if the NFL has a dedicated scout for Ohio Valley or not. But anyway, you know, I'm just, you know, just pointing out some things like if they had dedicated scouts, we would really wouldn't need an NFL HBCU combine because y'all would know the talent and you would have, yeah, I mean, y'all would know the talent and you could invite them to the combine, you know, and I got beat up. I got, and it wasn't the fact that, that I, I don't want this. I don't not want HBCUs to have a combine, but damn, I mean, how many years have we been fighting for equality right now? If we've been fighting for equality. That means inclusion. That means we want to be part of the big combine, not have a, a separate but equal combine because if it's separate, is it really equal? And so the combine didn't happen because of the whole COVID-19 thing. It didn't happen. And so a lot of HBCU talent ended up on the outside looking in, so to speak. You know, for those of you that don't know the the way, you know, HBCUs don't hold pro days. Many of them don't. You know, if they do, um, it's a surprise, but many of them don't. I'll give you a great example. Alabama State is right down the road from Auburn University. So if Alabama State has one guy, right? If they have Rob Calloway and Rob Calloway looks like he could possibly, you know, make it to the NFL, what the coach would do is call down to Auburn and be like, hey, coach, um, when is your pro day? You know, I got this. I got this kid. You know, he he's really good. Da 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 da. I want him involved. Da 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 da. And then you arrange it, and then I go down to the pro day, right? Well, because of COVID again, a lot of these kids did not get to participate in any pro day environment. Ryan Stanley, being one of them, the quarterback out of Florida A and M, did not. And this guy is good. Not, and I'm sure that a lot of these kids are going to get signed come Sunday or Monday, they're going to get signed. They'll get those um, undrafted free agent contracts. And then it's up to them to make the team. And that's, and that's great that they'll, that they they'll be given that opportunity, but it's, it's such a travesty that this whole COVID thing really, I don't, I don't know how to say it. it really, Mess things up for these kids. That's the best way I can say it. That's the calmest way and the cleanest way I can say it. It really messed things up for these kids. And, you know, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I don't want the HBCU. I mean, damn, this is the HBCU report. Why wouldn't I want the kids to make it? The only thing I'm saying is make it fair. Make it fair. Make it around the same time. You know, even if y'all get another room at the at the uh, dome, Right in Indianapolis, even if y'all do that or y'all separate, whatever, whatever y'all have to do, these kids should have gotten evaluated at the same time Joe Burrow got evaluated, at the same time AJ Terrell got evaluated. It shouldn't have been down the road, and that was my thing: is that with it being in, in March, man, this it just seems so. It, it just didn't seem authentic. 
And now, you know, like I said, these kids have had to send in tape. You know, they've had to do all kind of other things. But why? But why? So that that was that that was my thing, man. You know, so like I said, for those of you that I offended on social media, that those of you that misunderstood what I was saying, thinking that I didn't want HBCUs to have a combat, that's not what I was saying at all. You know, but we just can't keep saying we we want equality. We've been fighting for equality forever, right? And the NFL just coming down and saying we gonna have something for y'all. That ain't really the same thing. It's not. It's not really the same thing. But uh, anyway, I get off my soapbox. I'll give them a pass. We'll wait until next March and see what happens next March. Okay, that's what I'll do because I'm fair. Because I am fair. This is the HBCU Report, and I am Rob Calloway. And yeah, and look, coming up, because we got to get ready to uh, get ready to go to Coach Keaton in just a few minutes. So here's what we're going to do. Coming up in the third segment, we'll continue this conversation once we wrap up our interview. But we're also going to take a look back at 1994. 1994, the NFL draft of 94 was really, really good for HBCU athletes, HBCU football players. So we're going to take a look back at that. Uh, but first, let's take a look back at uh, what was happening in 1994. It was June 17th of 94 that OJ Simpson led police on the low speed chase up California's interstate 405 uh, he was riding in the infamous the now infamous white bronco driven by friend er, uh, I was about to call him Earl <laughs> Al AC Cowlings and so uh, we know how that thing went he drove he drove he went home he got arrested but at the end of the day we have to remember what ladies and gentlemen that if it doesn't fit you must acquit so there's that all right, and music. Wu-Tang Clan's Method Man released his solo debut album, To Cal, November 15th. The lead single from the album, Bring the Pain, reached number 45 on Billboard's Hot 100 on the same day, November 15th. Man, that was a great day for music. Crazy, Sexy, Cool, TLC's second studio album, Hit Stores, and it featured two number one singles, Creep and Waterfalls. And in the box office, it was February 25th of 94 that Sugar Hill, starring Wesley Snipes and Michael Wright as brothers Romello and Ray Nathan, hit theaters. Of course, that movie, for those of you that have seen it, focuses on two brothers who are major drug dealers in New York. And uh, it was written by Barry Michael Cooper. Now, the significance of Barry Michael Cooper is that he is uh, synonymous with the Harlem Trilogy. What is the Harlem Trilogy? The Harlem Trilogy are three movies that, that he wrote. New Jack City, Sugar Hill, and Above the Rim that all take place where? In Harlem. You got to get your movie game up, ladies and gentlemen. And in sports, it was April 24th that Ohio State defensive tackle Dan Big Daddy Wilkinson was taken number one overall by the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, so that's a look back at 1994. Coming up on the other side, we will talk with Teddy Keaton, head football coach of the Allen University Yellow Jackets. All of that and more happens right after these words. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. 
Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. On the line with Fred Watson, men's basketball coach at Miles College. You know, basketball is the one collegiate sport. Not to say that, that the job is not to graduate them, but if they are NBA-level mm-hmm. talent, they only need to be there, what, five or six months? Well, our job is to graduate, but our job really is to um, give them a better quality of life. So that means they could be here for six months and get a better quality of life because they can have an NBA opportunity, then that's my responsibility. So I, my, my job is to position them, whatever that may be. If it's a degree, then and we're going to work our tail off to make sure that kid leaves here with a degree. But if he got an opportunity to earn a better quality of life immediately, we can always get him back to get that degree. I'm on that mindset. And my job is to make sure our position will have a better quality of life leaving me. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Man, the scene was so thick. Low rise. 77 severe. L dogs. Nam but the blacks. All the players, all the hustle. I'm talking about a black man having here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's beginning to look a lot like wood. Follow my every step. Take notes on how I crept. I was about to go in depth. This is the way I creep my season. Here's my get to rep. I kept to say the least. No, no, it can't cease. So I begin to piece my two and two together. Got no snowy weather. Have to find something to do better. Bet I said some time, so shut up that. No sense about some solid, solid. I got sick. Cork if it ain't real, ain't right. I'm like, no matter what the season. Forever chill with Smith. I said my fifth. I chill with West and got my reason. So tell me, what did you expect? You thought I'd break my my neck to help y'all deck the, the, oh no, I got nothing means of celebrating. I'm getting blizzard at Hoja, why got the hoochie waking? I made it through another, you can't act for nothing much more. It's outcast, but the books I thought you knew, so now you know, let's go. So ho, 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 check my king ass bro. 
the gin and juice has got me tipsy, so um, it goes. Give me ten, and I'll serve you then. Now we bend. The corner in my Cadillac, my heart does not go pity pat for no rat. I'm leaning back, my elbows out the window. Coke ramen endo fills my body. Where's the party? We roll deep, we dip to underground. Sees a lot of hoes around. I spit my game while waiting countdown. I fight for one, three, two. Here comes the one. A new year has begun. Be funk, spark another one. one. Yeah, man. Classic Outcast right there. Players ball. You know, we're about to celebrate the 26th anniversary of Southern Player Listed Cadillac Music. Tomorrow, Sunday, makes the 26th anniversary. Can you believe that? April 26, 1994, the game was changed forever. The rap game, that is. And the South, well, I, I don't want to say the South was put on the map, but yeah, the South got a whole new look. Once Outkast dropped Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music on, uh, I don't know why I want to keep saying Southern Playlistic Cadillac Funky Music, but I think that's what they say in the song. But anyway, classic right there. Shouts out to Outkast. Uh, for those of you that missed last Sunday's uh, Goody Mob Unsung, man, it was unbelievable. And uh, 3,000 said it all. That there would be no Outkast if it weren't for Goody Mob. So, hmm. Shouts out to the Dungeon Family, man. That was my boys right there. Huh. Takes me back, 1994. I remember what was going on in the spring of 94. It was so much. I was in the 10th grade. All my friends were getting uh, driver's license and getting cars and all of that stuff. And we started moving around the city. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway being joined on the line right now, as promised by the head football coach of Allen University, my guy, Teddy Keaton. First of all, coach, welcome back to the HBCU Report. Um, thank you for having me, man. It's been a long time. It's been since we started the season last year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start there. Okay. So you came into Allen University. Uh, you got there in 2018. You, you've been tasked with, you know, uh, uh, rejuvenating the football program. Uh, what type of experience has this been for you? Um, it's been a lot of work, um, I, I, but I've enjoyed every moment of it, um, every aspect of building the program from the ground up. Um, it's just been a, a, a learning curve, um, an adjust, uh, adjusting to change and uh, trying to get uh, 105 kids all on the same page and teaching them how to, you know, when you lose, every loss ain't a loss and every win ain't a win and teaching them how to rebound and get back on the right page. Absolutely. Now, the thing that I did not know about Allen University uh, until after our last conversation was that. Uh, the the fan base, the alum, and everybody had basically been calling for football to come back for a long time. So uh, how much support uh, have you guys been receiving from the fan base, the alumni and whatnot? Tremendous support. I mean, I'm talking financially and um, being there in the person. They have done a really good job of standing behind what we're doing, uh, just being really good. I mean, I'm, I, I, I got to say, um, I'm totally impressed with the Allen fan base and the alumni that really stood up and, you know, got foots in the in, in the paint. They down here really working and they, you know, try to do everything they can do to make sure I have everything I need to succeed. Which is really awesome. I mean, anytime a, a school uh, starts a starts a football program, whether it be from scratch or whether it be you know the rebirth of the program, uh, it's a lot that goes into it. I remember when when Payne College actually uh, relaunched their football program a couple of years ago. And and because they're more of a basketball school, it was like the administration didn't really 
uh, get get behind the program, and they ended up, you know, shutting shutting down after a year of action. And so uh, it's really good anytime you can get the uh, the administration all on board, and uh, you know, it, it it truly pays dividends. So, what is your what is your relationship like with the uh, administration there? Wonderful. I'm talking about from the student support all the way up to the chief academic officers, to the president of the college, to the board of trustees. Everybody's been on board with what we're doing here. Everybody has complete buy-in to it. They all stand behind what they say they're going to do. It's been, it's, been, it's been a breath of fresh air to be around a group of people who really, really want to see it succeed. Um, we have to, you know, we, we, we sit down and everything is pretty much open for discussion. We discuss, you know, the scholarship amount. We discuss travel. We discuss everything to make sure that we cross our T's and dot our I's, that we don't overspend, which is in terms what causes programs to have to collapse because you're spending more than you bringing in this is the hbcu report rob calloway on the line with teddy keaton head football coach of the allen university yellow jackets all right coach so i know right now everybody would you know be in full swing with uh spring practice and all of that stuff and so uh now that that we're dealing with the COVID 19 pandemic uh how have you uh been adjusting and what have you all been doing to keep the kids keep the players uh engaged now that there are no spring activities well, we had already started last year with Microsoft Teams where we had virtually started having meetings online and being able to share. It's kind of like Zoom, but you can divide your teams up into I have coaching staff meetings. I have player position meeting. I have my leadership council meetings. I have everything online and, and you can share your screen, show film. We've been teaching them plays. We have a virtual study hall. Um, this is constant communication with our players. They can, um, you know, let's just say we have a meeting in uh and if we were on campus, it's just like that. They all chime into the video. We have our meeting. We could talk about business. And then when we need one-on-ones with a guy, we can actually, you know, call him on Microsoft Teams. And now he calls us back and we video chat and we'll be able to help him with whatever process that he may have going on with himself. Awesome. So, you know, here's the thing, man. You've been prepared. You're prepared. You've been proactive instead of reactive. Uh, what's going on right now is that a lot of people are being reactive because nobody saw the need to integrate any of this technology within their sports programs. Well, I think that that's the problem with a lot of people. We get stuck in our ways. I've been a trend coach. I've always been a guy who tried to stay ahead of the curve and make sure I'm prepared for what may happen, what may not happen. Um, just because I was a pretty much a two-man show for about a year, uh, Microsoft Teams played a big role in helping me stay in communication with my team while I may have been out recruiting that if um, the offensive coordinator was having a, uh, a team meeting, they could just call me on Microsoft Teams and I could be right there in the room regardless of what part of the country I was in. And it's just been great to do that. But a lot of coaches don't want to deal with the technology, don't want to learn it. Um, we do everything pretty much digitally. Um, we track our players digitally. We do everything digitally. And I think that if you don't get with the times, times like this could cause you to fall behind or you panic because you don't know the uncertainties of what's going on. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. 
All right, Coach, so hold the line for me. We're up against the break. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you guys on the line right now with Teddy Keaton. He is the head football coach of the Allen University Yellow Jackets. And so uh, we'll continue our conversation, and we will continue to commemorate the year, 1994, when we come back. This is the HBCU Report. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Rob Calloway on the line with Jackie McWilliams. She is the commissioner of the CIAA Sports with No Fans. Could that be a thing? Come on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, I mean, just think about it. I mean, how does that sound? I think we were trying to start that before COVID-19 shut the world down, right? I mean, you were watching decisions even with the NCAA, some of the conference championships, no fans, and it's just an, it's an awkward space and place to think about how you manage and put events on. You know, we thrive off the energy of our fans. Our students thrive off the energy of our fans. I mean, the whole thought of what that could be, I can't get my head around it today. I'm sure I'll have some ideas tomorrow, but definitely, you know, I'm trying to take one bite at a time on what the new reality potentially looks like. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And to all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Check it, check it. was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black. Lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? Gaha, gaha. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kick Capri. Funk Master Flex, Love Bug Star Ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Uh, and if you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. And personal with Robin Leach yeah. And I'm far from cheap I smoke stuff with my peeps all day Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way The Moet and Alizé keep me pissy Girls used to diss me Now they write letters cause they miss me I never thought it could happen This rapping stuff I was too used to packing eggs and stuff Now honeys play me close like butter play toast From the Mississippi down to the East Coast Condos and Queens in dough for weeks Sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, 
interviews by the fool, considered a fool, cause I dropped out of high school, stereotypes of a black male misunderstood, and it's still all good, uh. And if you don't know, now you know, you know. Classic Biggie right there. <laughs> Man, Biggie was a bad boy. Literally. <laughs> this is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you guys. The third and final segment underway. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, tomorrow we're going to kick off the HBCU Report Top 10 Countdown. And tomorrow's countdown is all about 1994. And I am more than sure that you will hear the Notorious B.I.G., uh, in tomorrow's countdown, make sure you tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend that we're just trying to expand. That's all. Just trying to expand our footprint. Just trying to do more. That's it. Shouts out to uh, the X squad affiliates, man. You know what? I really, really want to bring the HBCU report uh, to video so that we can actually be streaming this thing on, on YouTube while we're doing the show live, man. And that's the benefit of being down with the X squad, man. You get uh exclusive, uh, writes to the guru, the tech guru, Kesey, Professor Kesey. So, uh, Kesey, hey, just know I'm going to be calling you during the week, man. We got to get this whole video thing set up. All right, please. And and thank you, sir. <laughs> but before uh, we went to break, we were on the line with uh, Coach Teddy Keaton, head football coach of Allen University's Yellow Jackets. The NCAA, I mean, been, they've been scrambling, too, um, because there was no way, no way that they could actually be proactive in regards to uh, what's going on with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And so um, one of the, the things that, that they announced last week, I think it was last Friday, if I'm not mistaken, was that they were waiving the ACT and SAT requirements for um, student athletes, you know, that, that were looking at going to college. And so one of the so this kind of like a twofold question, coach. All right. So the first thing is there were a lot of uh, JUCO supporters that were saying, hey, well, now that you have gotten rid of this requirement, there's a chance that we not might not be able to get the, the student athlete that we're accustomed to getting to at our junior colleges. But then on the flip side, it kind of opened up. Um, it kind of opened up you guys, coaches, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, to a, a, like an entire different pool of guys that that weren't, you know, necessarily going to be able to qualify to get into a four year institution. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are is that if you're a betting man, they only waive the fee, the, um, the, the test requirements for one semester, mm-hmm. I mean, for one year that could become a problem. You got to be a good recruiter of can this kid graduate from college? So if I get a guy that made a 2.1 and a 14 on the test, he may be a great football player, but you may only have that cat for one season because he can't stay on progression towards degree, the things that the NCAA require you to do and the NAIA and also. So when you, when, when I think when I'm recruiting, I told my coaches, if he don't have a two seven two eight two nine GPA, I really don't want to, you know, definitely, um, you know, deal with that because now I got to rebuild a whole new team the next year. You could take one or two of those kids, but because of retention that the presidents and everybody, the institutions put on you, 
um, you need to be able to make sure you can retain your student athletes because that's a part of our job. So I don't. I think there's enough room in that. I think all coaches are thinking the same way. They're not just going to load their team up with a bunch of guys that were ineligible. And the chances are, in history and data has showed us, if they were ineligible coming in, it becomes tremendously hard to keep them eligible when they get there. So I still think there's room for the JUCOs to be able to capitalize on a lot of kids that need that opportunity to be at a two-year school to grow and develop as a player and as a um, and academically too. HBCU Report, Rob Calloway on the line with Teddy Keaton, head football coach of the Allen University Yellow Jackets. Yeah, coach, you're absolutely you're absolutely right about that. But now, and I, and I know in football, because it's a little different, because in football, you got to do three years before you start thinking about becoming a professional, right? Not so much in basketball. Basketball, and I was talking to uh, Coach Fred Watson, uh, the men's basketball coach over at Miles the other day, and, and I brought it to his attention, like, for basketball, technically, all you need to do is be on campus for five to six months if, you, if you're that kind of player. You know, if you like that NBA next-level player, all you need is five or six months. So, I mean, I have to think that maybe basketball would be would be uh, the sport that that might actually be able to uh, capitalize off of this. You are absolutely correct. Um, I was going to allude to that, but since I don't coach basketball, and I didn't want to put any information out there, but I think they're going to benefit from this way more than a football program would benefit from it because um, actually that's a, like. I mean, if you get a basketball player and he's pretty doggone good, I mean, I don't think they're going to change their strategy and what they're doing. But like I said, for football, you got four years and you, you got to think about the retention of your players. If, if you work for any president that I've ever worked for and you come in and you recruited 25 guys in a recruiting class and all of them were ineligible and then they turn around the very next year and they all flunk out of school and you ain't got but two of them left, um, there's going to be some eyebrows raised from first the chief academic officer is going to call you and then the president's probably going to call you and then the next thing you know, you're going to be looking for a job because obviously our institutions are driven by enrollment base and you can't keep flipping a kid in order for it to work. But in basketball, that's a whole different monster because they don't have 11 people on this, the court and that's all they're going to, maybe 10 or 12 they're going to recruit. And if I can sneak two or three guys in there that could be really good, they were going to leave anyway. So it really is not held. I don't know the, the the level of accountability that basketball is held to, more so the sport that I have you know, chosen to do. Now, the other thing that the NCAA has come out with uh, this week is that uh, the uh, autographs, they'll be able to receive compensation from autographs. And we know that they had already talked earlier about uh, endorsement deals. Um, is this good or bad for, for collegiate sports? I, I, I honestly think it's a good thing simply because I think that um, we benefit from these kids playing. And I think the institutions and everybody else make money off their likenesses. Why shouldn't a kid be able to get something if he turns into this phenomenal player and he's selling his jersey and he's not getting one penny for it? And there's no guarantee that he'll make it to the NBA or he'll make it to um, the NFL or any of those other things. Um, why shouldn't he be able to get a little bit of money? Because the you know, the financial aid piece has changed a lot, you know, and how they, you know, distribute funds and how they calculate a full scholarship versus, you know, different things. Their free money has been taken away from them to go towards their bills. Um, it, it, I think it's I think it's, it's it should have probably been done a long time ago. 
Absolutely. He is Teddy Keaton, head football coach of the Allen University Yellow Jackets. Coach, thank you so much for checking in with us. And, you know, we, we, we're staying prayed up and hopeful that uh, we're going to get some football, you know, <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, boy, we are. Uh, you want to talk about something that's not that you, you, you really miss until you don't know you miss it. Boy, I miss it because most of us didn't get to have spring football. A lot of us don't know what our team is, you know, what the capabilities are, what we need to recruit, some places that we need to, you know, be able to adjust a few players. Man, it's been so much uncertainty that it's crazy. But all we can do is stay positive, stay safe, and do what's best for the kids. I don't want to put my kids out there. Yes, I want to have football. Yes, I want to play. But I also want to protect my fellow um, American and I don't want to put him out there and he gets sick and he dies. And that's a pain I got to live with the rest of my life. Absolutely. You're right about that. Better to be safe than sorry. Safe than sorry. Well, Coach, thank you so much for checking in with me. And like I said, I'll be checking in with you uh, down the road, okay? All right, my friend. Thank you. All right. Great stuff right there from Coach Teddy Keaton, head football coach, Allen University. It's my guy right there since uh, his Steelman days. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, look, I'm just glad he's up for the job because look, trying to trying to restructure and rebuild a football program that that was you know gone for twenty plus years, man, it's tough. But uh, clearly, he's the man for the job. So, shouts out to um, uh, Teddy Keaton, man. Really appreciate him for checking in with the show. All right, so in the first segment, I promised you guys that we were going to take a look back at 1994, the draft of 1994. All right, now you know as we know this whole COVID nineteen thing is I talked in the first segment, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing kind of number one, it came out of nowhere. Number two, it really affected, you know, a a lot of these HBCU students that had a shot, that had a shot of actually being drafted. You know, I get it. You can be an undrafted free agent and make it, you know, and that would be a great success story. But what about getting drafted? That that's the the joy. The joy of the joy is somebody calling you saying, "Hey, we're about to sign you or we're about to select you." That's the joy. But um, you know, because the HBCU combine didn't happen and uh the HBCU students didn't get to participate in these pro days because pro days were canceled. I mean, it's just uh terrible times, but you know, I like to re- reflect back on the good times if, if we could. All right. So 1994 um, in the draft, we had 11 HBCU athletes that were drafted between rounds one and seven. All right. And because I don't want to bore you just calling out all the names, let's just say this. 11 HBCU athletes. All right. FAMU had one, two, three. FAMU had three draft selections. Alabama A&M had two draft selections, right? So they did really well. Everybody else had one. And shouts out to Clark Atlanta University. Uh, Anthony Abrams was selected by the Buffalo Bills in the sixth round. Now, I know y'all are like, oh, the sixth round. Uh, but guess what? He was selected. And this is what I'm talking about. It's a, it's just something. Uh, it's like a rite of passage. You know, yeah, you could you could do something by going this route. But everybody really wants to go that route, the draft, right? I mean, and that's all I'm that's all I'm pointing out. And so, shouts out to um, these athletes, man. Eleven HBCU athletes selected in the 1994 NFL Draft. That that is that's major. Um, and speaking of major, and we'll talk more about it Tuesday. But oh my god, and we kind of talked about it with uh, Coach Keaton, but. The NCAA, man, they are starting to make all kind of concessions. Now, we knew 
going back what last season that they had talked about letting the kids start having endorsement deals and all of that stuff, right? All right, then they added in the the autographs and, you know, they're starting to throw in little things. Now, I know there's got to be a lot of fine print, a lot of fine print in order to to remain eligible because you're not just going to be able to go get, you know, sign up with Pookie's Rib House or what was that, Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. Yeah, you ain't going to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be somebody legit and all of that kind of stuff. And so, but they are making a lot of concessions right here, right now. And I think... But between allowing the student athlete to be able to receive compensation and waiving the ACT SAT uh, requirement for the upcoming semester, man, I think that between between these two decisions, man, these are two game changers, two game changers, because at the end of the day and, and look, for those of you that don't know, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher. So what I'm going to say, I don't want to shock anybody. But here's the thing. Does it really matter what they score on the ACT or SAT? Look, most of these guys just want to come in and play football and try to go to the league. I think waivers might be the new thing. ACT, SAT waivers. It might be the new thing for student athletes. Why not? If you did it for them, why can't you do it for us? That's what somebody's going to say. Watch. I promise you. I promise you. This... What happened? What's happening going forward? You know, into the fall. Oh, it's gonna be some trickle down because somebody else is gonna want that same thing. So there's that. But of course, we heard Coach Keaton, you know, say that that if his kids don't have at least what a two six, two seven, two eight, he's not even looking at them. So there's that part. But hey, basketball. Hey, this could really help you. <laughs> this could really, really help you. Oh, my God. In a major way. In a major way. All right. So that about do it for uh, this week's edition uh, of the HBCU Report or today's edition of the HBCU Report. Rather, don't forget tomorrow we're going to kick off the HBCU Report Top 10 Countdown. We'll take a look back at 1994. What a year it was for music. Oh, it was huge for music. It was huge. Huge. Let me say it one more time. It was huge. (laughs) All right. So uh, before I get up out of here, man, I'd like to thank today's guest, Coach Teddy Keaton, head football coach, Allen University, Yellow Jackets, and of course, you, the listener, because without you, there would be no HBCU Report. Don't forget, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at HBCU Report. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that the HBCU Report is live three days a week, Tuesday and Thursdays at 7 and Saturday mornings at 9 right here via xquadradio.com. And just remember, tomorrow's not promised, so we've got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day. Gone. It ain't hard to tell. I excel, then prevail. The mic is contacted, I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death, breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps, deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond, sneaker Uzi on the island, and my army jacket lining. Hit the earth like a comet, invasion. Nazis like the Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing. Cause in my physical, I can't express through song. Delete stress like more trend than extend strong. I drink my wet with Medusa, give us shotguns in hell. From the split that I lift and inhale. It ain't hard to tell.
face up. Not stories by Aesop. Place your loot up, parties I shoot up. Nas are analyzed, drop a jewel. Inhale from the L, school of full well. You feel it like grill, it ain't hard to tell. I kick a skill like Shaquille holds a pill. Vocabulary spills, I'm ill. Plusmatic, I freak beat, slam it like Iron Sheik. Jam like a tech with correct techniques. So analyze me, surprise me, but can't magmatize me. Scanning while you're planning ways to sabotage me. I leave a froze like heroin in your nose. Nas are rock well, it ain't hard to tell. The HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.